0: Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from consciousness to cluelessness and back around again. Thanks for joining me for another Sunday solo episode. Whether it's Sunday night and you're gearing up for the week, Monday morning and you're on your way to work, or whatever day this podcast has found you, I'm really glad you're here. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is it preventing you from achieving your goals by now you all know that therapy is an important part of my self-care it has truly been a game changer in every aspect of my life BetterHelp is the largest online counseling platform worldwide they are changing the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient discreet and affordable access to a licensed therapist BetterHelp makes professional counseling available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. You can start communicating within 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. And I have a special offer for you. Visit betterhelp.com slash Carly and join the over million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. By using this code, you get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Carly. Take care of yourself today. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. So today, I want to talk a little bit more about my meditation and mindfulness teacher certification training that I did through School of Positive Transformation. I think I mentioned this before, months and months ago now. Who knows what is time? It is 2021. Nothing makes sense. But I did a teacher training to become a certified meditation and mindfulness coach. And I wanted to share three kind of top things that I learned Doing that training, that course, that work. I learned a ton, obviously. It was really a really great course. It would be, if you had the time and the money, it would be cool to do, even if you were just wanting to grow in your own understanding of meditation and mindfulness, or if you wanted to be a coach. Either way, it's a really good program. But I wanted to talk about top three things, so I made a list, (laughs) shocking, because I wanted to really think about this because I've announced that I was done with my training and I kind of added it to my website, but it didn't really take a ton of time to think critically about like what are the top things I've learned doing this training and that I want to share with people, so here we go. Number one is something I've talked about before, but it was really, really, really underlined, highlighted, bold text, whatever you want to say in this training. And that is, you don't have to be the perfect meditator to share or to teach. So you don't have to be the perfect meditator to share or to teach. What do I mean? There are a lot of misconceptions, I think, especially on the internet, (laughs) about the perfect lives of some people who talk about mindfulness, health coaching, whatever it is. And sometimes that feels like pressure to be the perfect embodiment of whatever it is you are doing or promoting or whatever your work is. perfect embodiment of that thing. And this pressure comes in a lot of different jobs, right? Or maybe it's just a societal pressure. We could dig into that more later. But whether you're an astrologer or an engineer or anything in between, there's pressure to know your job perfectly. And of course, you should know your job if it's your job or know your interests well. But it doesn't mean that you have all the answers. It doesn't mean that someone won't ask me a question when I'm coaching them someday in meditation that I won't know the answer to. That's going to happen. That is 100% going to happen, and that doesn't make my experience or my skill set any less valid. And I want you to think about that and how it applies to your own life as well. But that was another thing that was really reiterated that I don't have to be the perfect meditator or perfectly mindful all the time to share or to teach about these things, and that's okay. And I can be honest with that. Of course, if you're going to a coach, you want someone with knowledge and training that's going to be able to help and guide you, but that does not mean that I have it all figured out. Number two Different types of mindfulness and meditation. So this is one that I've also talked about a little bit before. I think it's kind of been sprinkled in between episodes. But when I went through my yoga teacher training, a different thing, this was quite a few years ago now, I thought that to meditate, when I added meditation to my morning or evening routine or just kind of daily life, that again, it had to be perfect. And that there was only one way to meditate if you were doing it right, and that was sitting on a cushion, listening to chanting, and that was that. Now, that is a very great way to meditate. (laughs) I love sitting on my meditation cushion. Sometimes I do listen to chanting. However, there are so many different ways to practice mindfulness that I think I was judgmental of previously that I have definitely grown to understand in a different way. And that was important for my own growth, especially if I'm going to be helping other people. Just seeing different ways we can be mindful brushing our teeth or standing in the shower or doing, you know, mundane activities or the ways you can employ mindfulness before you are going to give a presentation or before you're going to a stressful family meeting or whatever it is the times in which you can meditate or be mindful, the ways in which you can meditate or be mindful. All of those are so 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 grand. There are so many options, and that's really important because not all of them fit for everybody. Not all of them make sense. I had a partner in the past who talked about kind of mindfulness on his way to work, stopping to look at the sunrise or whatever it is and just like take a few breaths. And years ago, I was like, well, you should really like meditate right when you wake up. That's not really doing it. And now I can't even believe I said that. Because now I totally understand that that was that person's form of mindfulness. That was their way to connect with their body in the present moment. It just looked different than how I did it. So I think that was really important for my own growth and my own ability to coach and to just learn and grow and not be such a judgmental person. That there are different types of mindfulness and meditation And I don't have to connect with all of them. You don't have to connect with all of them. But if you don't, let's say you did sit on a cushion and try and meditate for an hour your first time and it didn't go well, which it's probably not going to. That's your first time, but that's okay. Maybe it will. Who knows? And then you give up. So that's another reason it's important to learn about all these different techniques and ways of being is because... If you came to me and said, I've tried this, this, and this, I will now have other options and other ideas for you, which is pretty cool. And then lastly, the biggest, one of the biggest takeaways, number three, which I just started to allude to, but I'll expand on here, is to incorporate mindfulness all day. That is something I think was, it's a really big game changer, and it sounds simple, or maybe it doesn't sound simple. It's kind of vague. Maybe that's what I mean. Incorporate mindfulness all day. Okay, great. I'm going to be more mindful today. Like, what does that mean? However, learning, like I said, doing mundane tasks. So bringing some awareness when you're washing the dishes. Washing the dishes is my least favorite chore. I despise it. I don't know what it is. Just not my favorite. However, If you can pause and repeat affirmations to yourself or to kind of get in that joy, heart space, feeling like you've already manifested everything you want in life, or if you just breathe, focus on your breathing intentionally while doing dishes or whatever chore you don't like, that's mindfulness. That's helping your psyche, that's helping your brain and your body. And if that can be incorporated throughout the day, you are doing mindfulness more and more and more until you just become a more mindful person. And that's really critical because, again, years ago I thought of it as this task to check off, check the box in the morning off my to-do list, and then not think about it again throughout the day. But this training made me really think about how I am incorporating being mindful, taking care of myself and being mindful of like my place in the world and my sense of belonging, all those things feel like they kind of come up naturally in your brain when you start to become more mindful. It just happens. I don't know how to explain it, but you just start to think about these things a little more critically. And I think this training really helped that, that it is something we should be doing all day And it's not going to be perfect. It's going to look different for everybody. I don't have to have every single answer to be able to teach and to talk about it. But we can all learn from each other. And that is, I think, a really great thing to kind of end on, right? Is that no matter what training you've had, you might have a technique or a way of being mindful or of meditating that I have never heard of or learned And I can learn from. So there are just like so many places to incorporate mindfulness, learn about mindfulness, learn traditional techniques of meditation. That's important too. Either way, there are so many different avenues. And this training was really, really great. Again, I think that is one of the greatest things that this training taught me, which has happened to me before. The same thing happened with my yoga teacher training, but I went in there thinking like all I'm doing here is getting my certification so I can coach and teach and be great. And then it always ends up being this like deeper inner exploration because these things make you think, so it's kind of hard to avoid. And that is exactly what this training did. And it made me really excited, genuinely, to facilitate and help. Other people find their kind of entrance into meditation and mindfulness because you kind of need an entry point. It seems intimidating, but it's totally something that's attainable to you. And, of course, it's my podcast, so shameless self-promotion here. I am now certified, and so if you need any sort of guidance or assistance with like learning how to meditate, learning what mindfulness is, wanting to incorporate that. We can go from the route of one-on-one meditation coach style where we really focus on that, or we can work together with me more as a coach in general, and that can be one thing that you want to work on. So I'm always here. That's the stuff I love doing. But those are the Those are the three kind of top things I learned from this teacher training, among so many more that I will continue to share with you all. But I am very grateful and thankful to School of Positive Transformation. And I cannot wait to keep sharing all of these nuggets of information with you all. Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. If you're enjoying this podcast, hit subscribe wherever you're listening. If you want to help me get this into the ears of more listeners, send it to a friend, text it to a family member, share on social media, whatever you can do really helps me out. If you haven't yet, definitely head over to patreon.com slash consciouslycarly and come join the cool community that is forming over there. We just did a giveaway. That was super fun. And finally, the self-love reset course. If you've been thinking about it and you're hemming and hawing, Do it now. Go back and listen to the last solo episode last week for a special discount code on the course. Until next time.